Hello and welcome to the Bears, Buds, and Brews podcast. This is a show about Chicago Bears, the Atlanta Falcons, and craft beer. My name is Oscar Kelly. My co-host is Nabil Lalani. And on today's episode, we are having some brews, hanging out at our buddy's house. Yep, he just moved into his place and we decided to do an on-location on 120 since we all live off of 120. So. I live off 120 for this week, actually. You live, um, you live off of 120 in general. Oh, technically I do, yeah. All right. So anyway, so this is the Bears, Birds, and Brews podcast. It's a show about Chicago Bears and Atlanta Falcons and craft beer. You know who I am. You know who he is. And on today's episode, we're talking about Bears versus Titans. Bears coming up on Monday Night Football next week. Falcons versus, who do we play? The Broncos. And then Falcons versus nobody because the Falcons are on the bye week. Falcons can't lose this week. That's true. Well, they can still find the way because they did it last uh, year. I'm actually, sure. there might already be a loss that the Falcons have for this right. week. We're going to get to that in a minute. Yeah. But we're going to go and start off with the beer as we always do. We are drinking from the Answer Brewing um, Necton, which is a uh, double IPA triple dry hop. So it's a double triple or a triple double. There you go. Um, hopped with Nelson's. Suvian and Wimaba hops. I can't read because those are weird names. It's Travis. Oh yeah, this. Oh, it's fruity. It's very fruity and like. I get it's like uh, juicy. I think. The, in the in the mouthfeel and the taste, I get the dry hop ish, which I love. It is dry. Yep, it is dry in the front. And this is good. Keep cold, drink fresh. That's what we're doing right now. Shout out to the answer. And Shout out to answer. Me. Shout out to Nav and Ali who got this for me, and for us. Um, but yeah, this is really good. The answer, of course, if you ever make it up to Richmond, Virginia, that's where you can find it. They have amazing beers. IPAs are always great, but they also do have really cool juices. Um, really fruity, really like sweet beers. Um, always recommend you checking it out. Um, I can't drink a lot of them, but you know, a nice little flight of those are always, always nice. Um, this, you know, this is just a great dry, nice double IPA. Oh yeah, no, I like this a lot, and it's uh, it's different, you know. I mean, it's not your traditional double IPA, right? It's it's got a unique character to it. Sitting at eight percent, so I mean, yeah. And nor this is the first time I've had an IPA from the answer. Normally we normally we have the juices, yeah, 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 or we have a couple of stouts. But you know what? They make great IPAs as well. So definitely, if you make it up to Richmond, try that. We are gonna try another beer in the middle of the episode, but um, I need to talk about something. Uh, this past this past Saturday, I think it was what the seventh. Was that the date? Yeah, seventh. Something historic happened. Like something that we've all been waiting for. It happened. What happened? Um, you know, I was really excited for it. Some people weren't. Some people did not. weren't as excited about this happening. But this change that happened, this return, was really awesome. I was really excited. It was a return of the Pac-12. Oh wow! I was so excited that Pac-12 is back. I mean, I got football to 2 a.m. You know, I know people were always like, you know, the Pac-12 isn't a real football league. Pac-12 through this, Pac-12 that. Um, you know, you know they're, they're blaming all this shit on the Pac-12. But, dude, Pac-12 coming back. I was excited. 2 a.m., got to watch some football. Woke up in the morning, got to watch some more football. Like, Is there great. anybody, are there any teams or players in the Pac-10 to be on the lookout for? Pac-12. Sorry. Pac-12. Is it the Pac-12 now still? Cause well, the conference is called the Pac-12. I don't know if there's 10 teams in there, though. Okay. I thought that was the thing where they switched up. Because the, now the Big Ten has 12 teams, yeah. whatever, whatever. Anyway, the Pac-12. Pac-12. Um, so, I, to be honest, I really don't know. Um, I was first game back. It was really cool, though. I mean, they had their first game at noon Eastern. I don't know if you noticed that. It was USC versus 
Arizona State, I think. Probably. And they played 9 a.m. in California. Right. 9 a.m. in California. Imagine tailgating it for a 9 a.m. game. you got to be up at 5 a.m. That takes fucking, like... That's legitimate right now. Hey, man, there. right now we're a little bit closer to Athens than we've ever been in terms of recording the show. In Athens, they'll, t- they'll start tailgating at 4 well, see, a.m., see, 5 a.m. That's a little different. That's a little different. See, in Athens, they don't start tailgating at 4 or 5 a.m. They just don't stop tailgating from the night before. That's different than waking up at 3 a.m. to go tailgate at 4 a.m. See, see, Perfect. one has the intention, one is the result. See, usually I wake up at 3 a.m. with the intention of doing something spiritual. And then, which is meditating, you know, but then I end up going back to sleep because I mean, it's too early for that. But now, if I was in California, I'd be waking up to tailgate, to your point. I mean, well, I'll tell you what, though, since you mentioned this weekend, something historic happened. Oregon, football games in Oregon are going to be absolutely insane. Oh, you tell me about it. I mean, it, win or lose, smoke the crack. It's a party, <laughs> yeah. Crack, heroin at halftime, meth in the post game. Whatever yeah. you want, bro. It's yeah. a party down in Oregon. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, that, that's, a, that's, a rec- that's a recruiting tool. Here's, here's a proposition for you. Instead uh, of the Pac-12, okay. we should call it the, the Quack-12. Gotcha. You like that? Gotcha. You like that? I mean, I already saw where you were going with it. Um, Teamwork, baby. Makes the crack work. All right. Oh, shit. What? <laughs> this is what? It was one too many cracks? <laughs> the fifth crack? I mean, Dave Chappelle was in Atlanta about a week ago. So fifth crack is one crack too many? I don't know. Well, right. hey, speaking of crack, we are going to crack another beer soon. But yeah, we are. We got to finish our glasses first. Oh, yeah. And not talking about the glasses on her face. Hell yeah. And you wanted to talk about something else, Bill? Um, well, no, I just want to get into the bears. Like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, so let's just let's just... Go rewind. You know, we were sitting at five and one. It's feeling great. I was telling everybody I'm not going to apologize for being five and one, and I'm still not. But I feel like I I deserve an apology for them going from five and one to five and four. You know what I mean? Yeah, honestly, it sounds like this week's recording or whatever you're about to say about the Bears or whatever you're saying right now could have been said last week and vice versa. Yeah. It seems like. At least the team is consistent in terms of where they're consistently bad. I mean, yeah, offense. Right. I mean, literally the defense did everything great. You held Derrick Henry to three yards a carry. No one does that. Right. Um, Ryan Tannehill had ten completions. That's well, that's everybody fine. knows the key to stopping the Titans is to stop the run game. And, and that's what we did. Right. That's what we did. Absolutely. Um, defense is great. I mean, offense. I so the we got our longest play was twenty four yards. Wow. Which is a good. Which is a good play. Twenty four yards. That, that that's a decent play. But our longest run was eleven yards. On a fake punt. Wow. Wow, that's terrible. Um, and, like, so I feel like the Matt Nagy's play calling is obviously the problem right now. I mean, is it the only problem? No, there's a lot of problems. But the only problem that you can kind of try to fix right now. And I think I have the perfect analogy to Matt Nagy's play calling. So Matt Nagy, his playing calling is, like, you know, let's say you're driving your car and you're driving somewhere you go, like, every day. Okay. And you put in your navigation just to check the traffic. And the navigation says, hey, avoid the highway. There's an accident. Uh, there's this detour that'll save you 15 minutes, but the detour is going out of the way. And you're like, you know what? I know this road. I know I'm good. I'm just going to take the regular way I take. And then you end up in the middle of fucking traffic and you're just kind of like, shit, I should have taken the detour. So are you saying no adjustments are made or being made pre-game, post-game, game-to-game? It's the same game-game. shit. It's the same shit every time. 
I mean, you're not adjusting to the players you have, let alone the team you're playing. Okay, so as somebody who only was able to watch the score of the game this weekend for the Bears, yeah, there it was close at the end. They lost by one score. The score was closer than the game really was. So even even when those touchdowns were scored at the end of the game, did you think like, oh, they could possibly do Listen, it? Or no. The, well, okay, the Bears have done it three times this season already. So did I think they could do it again? Yes. Right. I, I was thinking, but we need an onside kick recovery and then to, to go down another 80 yards. Like, you can't live off of that. Probably like, not great weather either. You, like, no. you, can't, you can't get rich in Vegas. And it, it can happen once. You're not going to, unless you're the house, you're not going to make life sustainable money in Vegas. Right. The house always wins. If you're playing against the odds, if you're always coming back in the fourth quarter, you're not going to win consistently. Got it. Okay, that's a fair assessment. That is a completely fair assessment. So now, I know, I guess I'm contractually obligated to ask by myself, since this is our show. Would Mitch Trubisky have made a difference, or would it have been worse, or no difference? I don't know. I mean, okay, you throw Mitch in, that's fine. But then Matt Nagy is still calling the same stupid plays. You're still not running the ball. Yeah, Mitch is more mobile. Mitch can make the offensive line look better, but Mitch can't read a defense. Mitch can't make the right decision. Mitch doesn't know where to go, where to go with the ball. Right. So it's either a guy who can't move, but knows where to go with the ball. That's going to get killed. Or a guy who can move, doesn't know where to go with the ball. And he's going to throw it away. Either way, it's going to be an incompletion. Either way, you're not gaining arts. Got it. Okay. And so now what happens? Well, Real quick, when you talk about the adjustments, no, it sounds like a Dan Quinn problem. Sounds so, a lot like I was going to say this. I was going to say this. I mean, I feel like Matt Nagy might be the offensive version of Dan Quinn. <laughs> no, no, terrible, man. no, no. I mean, the, the, the similarities are there. Right. Um, Dan Quinn came from a historic defense, you know, a team that had a – L.O.B. The team that, you know, he came from – what were they called? The, the uh, Legion, of of, Legion of Boom. You know, and Legion of Boom, yes, they had a great secondary, but you know what? They also had a great front four, and Dan Quinn was able to use his secondary uniqueness and make cool plays to look really cool because you know what? He had all these cool toys. He had a Michael Bennett. He had a Richard Sherman. He had those. Well, you also had Earl Thomas in the all the way He had Earl Thomas. He had Bobby Wagner. He had the pieces. Right. Matt Nagy on Kansas City. I mean, he, he didn't have Patrick Mahomes, but he had Alex Smith. He had Kareem Hunt. He had Travis Kelsey. He could run whatever play he wanted. You know what else he had? He had an awesome offensive line. Right. But then you, then Dan Quinn comes to Atlanta. He doesn't have the defensive pieces. Yeah. You know what he has? He's a really good offense. And he leaned on that offense and occasionally made really cool defensive plays when the offense was already ahead of the game. He could, mm-hmm. he could gamble. Yeah. He could have Keanu Neal you know, just blitz. All out. He could have... He could gamble because he was up by two scores. Drop Vic Beasley back in coverage if you wanted to, whatever. Same, but same on the other way, Matt Nagy. You had a defense. You had a defense that would score for you. So what do you do on offense? Shit, you just fucking do stupid shit. You put Akeem Hicks as running back because, you know what, your defense will bail you out. The only difference between Matt Nagy and Dan Quinn is that Dan Quinn had a quarterback and he got to a Super Bowl. Matt Nagy doesn't have a quarterback, and he lost in the playoffs. Right. Outside of that, they're, they're, they're almost the same, the same coach. Great motivators. The team loves to play with, for them. The players are run through a wall for them. But are they good at what they're supposed to be good at? Right. Is Dan Quinn a defensive guru? No. Is Matt Nagy an offensive genius? 
Absolutely no. not. Yeah. So at some point, what you're saying, at some point, it has to come off the paper and actually translate so, on the field. And, well, it looks like now it might happen. Maybe this game, maybe after the bye. But Matt Nagy did hint that they're looking into changing the play call. Okay. So that is what – and I'm going to just roll right into this game, this yeah. upcoming game against Minnesota Monday night. You have an extra day to prepare for the game. Right. That's an extra time for whichever coach once is going to be the play caller. I would assume it's going to be Bill Lazor, the former offensive coordinator of the Bengals, who did take Andy Dalton, who did help call plays when Andy Dalton threw 33 touchdowns. So it's not like this guy doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, the name sounds familiar. He can call a play. Yeah. Bill Lazor, I would assume, would be the one calling plays. And we can see what he can do. I mean, if Matt... We'll know right away if Matt Nagy's calling plays or not. And I'll tell you why. Because Matt Nagy is the only person that thinks Cordero Patterson can be a running back. <laughs> no one else can think Cordero Patterson is a running back. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm taking crazy pills over here. Like, why is Cordero Patterson a running back? And, and which is something you said before. And I'll say, too, in terms of looking ahead to the Vikings game, you guys did good work on Derrick Henry, scheming for him, stopping him. Dalvin Cook is a different type of running back, but... The defense has shown that it can play the run game mm-hmm. and control it. And if you suffocate the run game or if you don't have a run game like the, like the Vikings did it against Atlanta a couple weeks ago, you can very easily beat the Vikings, who are also hurt defensively yeah. too. So like, essentially this, it sounds like there's no reason for them to lose this game on Monday. This game could be the season. I mean, going from 5-1 five and one to 5-5 five and five at the bye, that's demoralizing. I mean, I don't know how you can recover from that. A um, couple of things, though. Roy Robertson-Harris, a, deep, a key defensive player, is out for the game. He's out for the season, actually. He's done. Um, and then David Montgomery is in concussion protocol. So I don't know if he's going to play. Um, Lamar Miller might get called up into the practice squad. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 at this point right now, I'm not sure what to expect from the Bears. Because, hey, if David Montgomery is out, who is our running back? I mean, by default, it has to be. Cordero Patterson, unless you don't put Barkevius and Mingo, who got the 11 yards and a fake punt as our running back, which I think it could happen if, if Matt Nagy is calling plays. Yeah, well, I was about to say, if that's happening, then like I feel like I could do a better job calling plays for the Bears, right? Just take the Madden playbook and you'll do better. Right? Ask Madden. Just ask fucking Madden. Yeah. But, so, uh, okay. So, in that case now, with the Bears, this is the first game against Minnesota on the year. Yes. And what, the second division game on the season or the third? Because you played the Lions once. We played the Lions. This will be the first division. So we're right now we'll know if we're going to make the playoffs within the next five weeks. Okay. Because uh, we go Minnesota by Green Bay, and then I think we go Minnesota again. Okay. So And then we got Detroit after that at some point. So at this point, we'll know. If, if we lose to Minnesota – Lose to Green Bay, that'll put us at five and six. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we have maybe three winnable games left, which will be Houston, Jacksonville, and one of the games between either Detroit or Minnesota. And that'll put us at eight and eight. Okay. So if we don't win this game, we may end the season. We may go from five and one to eight and eight. Which, you know, the Falcons started five and zero, and Dan Quinn's first year started five and zero and missed the playoffs. So it's not unreasonable. And, and so the thing is, like, I would say if, you know, Bears going from 5-1 and one to missing the playoffs, I would say in a normal year that could be clean house. 
But in a COVID year where the salary cap is going down and so many other teams already are out there, which are better jobs than the Bears. Right. I don't know if we're going to clean house. I think everyone's coming back the year after. And that's a bigger problem. That's a systemic problem. Right. Because if that's the case, guess what, the, what Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace are going to do this offseason? They're not going to fix the offensive line. Right. They're going to draft the quarterback. And they're going to say, we need three years to get this quarterback ready. Okay. Which just sounds like another four years of garbage to me. So okay. right now I'm very defeated, very pessimistic. Could this be turned around? Maybe. TBD. I think the only way I could be turned around on this is if I get a new GM and if Matt Nagy – or if I get like a president of football operations. I don't know, man. I'm sad. Well, how do you feel about a new beer? Because I got a I new feel, beer. I feel great about a new beer. I mean I hope it's an optimistically named beer. What's it called? <laughs> it is called Rated a D-I-P-A. Oh, by who? Nipa. By Widowmaker Brewing. So you have a ready-to-die IPA by a Widowmaker. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like you said, you wanted something optimistic, so here's the thing. You know what? Go ahead. I'm going to end it for you right here. You don't have anything else to look forward to. You don't have any more disappointments to look forward to. That's the optimism right uh, I there. thought you were going to call it optimistic instead. Oh. Well, it might be optimistic because this Cheers. is a double IPA from Widowmaker Brewing. Uh, the reason this is awesome is because the can is looks like ready to die. It's an homage to uh, Notorious B.I.G. Um, yeah, and it, it, lo- it looks like the cover to Ready to Die. Yeah, and this is from Braintree, Massachusetts, I believe is what it said. So the Northeast has some great breweries. Maybe we're about to discover another one right now. The one quick statement I want to make about this can right here is this guy, you know, obviously on the regular Ready to Die can, it's Biggie as a baby. This guy looks like Rami from Hulu. Oh, is that? Okay, so I thought, I don't know if it's him, but I, it looks I, like him. I thought it looked like that one rapper. I just forget his name. It looks like a current day rapper. Um, Lil, Lil Dicky? No. I mean, I don't know who it is. I mean, I don't know. Whatever. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know my rappers well enough. Yeah, well, it could be French Montana. It could be. Anyway, this guy looks like Rami from Hulu. This is a solid beer, though. I, I'm digging it. It's smooth. For a double IPA, this is actually very smooth. Very drinkable right here. It has a, has a unique taste to it. I'm. I'm uh, very, see. it tastes like orange. Do you get like a very orangey taste to it? I, yeah, like, I like get a, like a kind of like a tangerine. I would say like a grapefruit is like a citrusy something. I get a very tangerine taste. And what's this sitting ABV wise? Yeah, this is 8.4 ah, ABV. Nice. So, so we but, got an 8.0 and an 8.4. There we go. Surprisingly light for an 8.4. Very drinkable. Anyway, what's right. going on in the bill? What else? So, um, the Bears did lose this week. But the Falcons, the Falcons, the Falcons won two out of the last three games. The Falcons look like they are playing for a man named Raheem Morris. There you go. Raheem Morris. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, Flaz, did you know that the Falcons won their first home game of the season this weekend? Look at that. Look at that. Bro? I mean, I thought they were going to blow it at the end, but. <laughs> well, I think everybody, I also, think the Falcons probably thought they were going to blow it Also, how this time. fucking awesome. Like, you know what? Uh, I, I know this is the flip to the Falcons segment, and I don't want to take anything away from the Falcons, but how fucking awesome is Drew Locke? I love Drew Locke. M-I-Z, baby. I-, I wish Drew Locke was a Bears quarterback. God damn it. All right, back, back to you, Austin. Back no, yeah. So, uh, shout out to Drew Locke. He went to Missouri. But, yeah, man, the Falcons, they, at least in the first half, they did what they've been doing, which is scoring touchdowns, putting up points, moving the ball. Julio looked motivated. Yeah, I mean, well, Julio is a gamer, man. That guy is going to show up. I don't think he really ever is the quitter. You know, like, you can always count on him in the locker room, even if he doesn't speak a lot, which we know he's a very quiet guy. He's, 
you never have to worry about him being ready to play. If he suits up and he can play, he's going to play. Do, do you think he, he wow. wanted, do you think he wanted to come up and be like, hey, hey Jerry, hey, Jerry Judy, I see you, but I'm going to kick your ass today. Yeah, I, well, and you also got to think there's no Calvin Ridley in the game. Yeah. So yeah, and, This could have just been the Alabama scrimmage. Right. I mean, it, <laughs> it might as well have been, man. But, I mean, because Russell Gage went to LSU, which I believe plays Alabama this weekend. Oh, if, if it is for COVID. Right. Oh, COVID might cancel that Which game. I think that might have been the Tennessee game. Anyway, but either way. Well, you know, all the LSU players went to a Halloween party. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Well, they might be rated the IPA. I don't know. Uh, hopefully <laughs> Damn, not, that's though. savage, homie. Yeah, hopefully not. But I will say that, yeah, the Falcons, first half, solid. Second half, not the best, but not the worst. I mean, they did enough to stay in the game and to not even stay in the game, to stay in command of the game. And when, of course, when you're playing against a professional football team, you expect them to make some plays here and there, make a run occasionally, have like one or two series where even if they don't score, they're moving the ball, they kind of figured it out, quote-unquote. The Broncos did that, and then, of course, with the Falcons, there's always that PTSD of like, man, are we really about to blow the lead? And I think a lot of times, in this case, this weekend, you kind of got the feeling that like, okay, everybody knows it's about to happen. This was the first time where it happened, where it didn't happen, yeah. and people expected it to happen. Yeah. Against the Cowboys, against the Bears, against the Patriots, you weren't expecting it. You didn't think it was going to happen. This time you thought, like, shit, it really might happen. Ricardo Allen came up with a huge interception. They recovered an onside kick as well. Jerry Judy did ball out, though. Jerry he he played great. So, I mean, the Falcons have some work to do. Again, like, if a rookie, rookie wide receiver with pretty much no other weapons for the offense – is able to have a big game against, I mean, granted, a, another rookie cornerback. It, it is concerning in that, like, wow, they can't even shut down, like, one option. Yeah. What are they going to do in their next game when they got to play the Saints and you've got un, pretty much an unlimited number of options, really, with that team uh, that also knows you very well and vice versa. So, I mean, as, as far as the Falcons go, my question, was this on Sunday, and it is still this now throughout this week, how is this any different than what we saw last year? Okay, new head coach, no more Thomas Dimitrov, sure. But literally, how is this any different? Because I can tell you week nine last year, the Falcons were probably also at their bye week, getting ready to go play the Saints. And then they came out and finished, what, 6-2 and two on the rest of the year or whatever. So It's not any different. So are you trying to tell me that Dan Quinn shouldn't have been fired? Or are you trying to tell me that Dan Quinn should have been fired a year ago? No, I think what I'm trying to say, I think Dan Quinn should have been fired a year ago, if not earlier. Um, obviously, you have to have a head coach. It's nothing against Raheem Morris. It might, for me, it's more so a systemic, again, it's a systemic issue where it's like, dude, these are the same. It doesn't matter who the coach is because Matt Ryan's going to ball out the second half of the year. Julio's going to be hurt and miss like three to five games again, right? You're going to have not good condition because. <coughs> Calvin Ridley's hurt. Dante Fowler missed a game. Keanu Neal is finally back after missing games. But then who else is gone? Like, you finally got the one guy back who made the interception against the Bears. Uh, and, uh No, no, in the, in the end zone. Um, the guy that they got from Cincinnati, whatever. I mean, the Falcons are still hurt. Oh, Dequaz Denard. Yeah. So he finally came back, but he was hurt. So, like, it doesn't matter if it's Dan Quinn coaching the team. It doesn't matter if it's Thomas Dimitrov's team, Mike Smith's team, Raheem Morris's team, Dirk Cutter's team. It's the same fucking Falcons that I've seen. Literally, this season and last season might as well be the same thing. Dude, second half of the season, when it's kind of a long shot to even do anything significant, 
you're, you're making a run. Nobody's scared of you because you know how I can tell nobody's scared. I mean, finally, the Falcons defense might be getting some respect in terms of I mean, people Fal- aren't going for it on fourth down. Detroit went for it on fourth down I a mean, few times. Falcons defense still should not be Sure, not have any respect. Um, oh, also, you forgot that they blew that last minute to Detroit as well because you only named two out of three teams. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then there but, you go. But I do want to throw out a stat right now. So right now, there's the worst team against the pass, and this is historically the worst team against the pass ever, is the Seattle Seahawks. I think the Falcons are second on that list. Right. I think they're, the current Seattle Seahawks is, are the worst, and the current Atlanta Falcons are the second worst. Yeah, with so. the irony is, is that... Yeah, I would still – well, the Falcons beat the loss to the Seahawks still. I and mean, granted, it's week one of the year. But the Seahawks, I think, are still well, more – Well, they have the better offense, Seahawks do. Yeah, I mean, which – but is it, it's close enough to the point where it should be a push, mm-hmm. right, when you got the weapons that you have. So, I mean, I don't know. Anyway, now the Falcons are out of bye. They let go attack McKinley. So, yeah, I mean, that is actually a very, very interesting interesting thing. I just don't understand that. I mean, so for those of you who don't know, last week before the Denver game, Tack McKinley came out and said, you know, Falcons are clowns, essentially, right. on Twitter, that the Falcons could have had a second-round pick for him last year and at either a fifth or a sixth-round pick for him this year. And he called them clowns or something like that. Right. Which then led the Falcons to sending him home and he didn't play for the game. And then after that, yesterday, uh, Monday the 10th? No, 11th. I mean 9th. What day am I on? Monday the 9th. Yesterday. Uh, yeah. I it's mean, been a long week, y'all. <laughs> Tack, yeah. McKin- Tack McKinley was waived by the Falcons. Now, I know what you're saying. I mean, if this guy's coming out, talking against the team, all this stuff, he should probably be waived. And you know what? I would say nine times out of ten, you're right. But the Falcons had active trade requests. They, they got offers for Tack. They just didn't think it was enough because the Falcons were guaranteed a fifth-round pick as a, as a compensation pick since he was a first-round pick. Right. Now, the compensation pick formula is a little more convoluted because it depends on who you sign and how many of your players get signed away. But they would have at least gotten a fifth-round pick credit in their favor – once he left, since Tack was a first-round pick. Right. Now that you waive him, you don't get that anymore. So, again, the Falcons are run poorly. Rich McKay should be gone. I, like, I, I, I'm not a fan of his. I want him to be gone at the end of the season like everybody else. And I, I completely understand that he's being a distraction and you just want to get rid of that person from your roster, your it's team. It's a business, though. I mean, even if it's a business, you could easily just say, hey, Tack, just go home for the rest of the season. And or, like, what is the locker room culture in that? Like, who's the leader of the locker room saying, like, yo, bro, well, you got to shut up? Who's the leader of the defense, I would say. Right. And in, in theory, at this point, I feel like it should be Grady Jarrett and or Dante Fowler because... Well, I would say it should be Deion Jones. Or Deion Jones, exactly. I mean, you have players who have a strong enough presence who have a strong enough influence and who play well enough to say, like, I'm the top dog in the locker room around here. Shut but, the fuck up, bro. But it could also be – and you know what? I'm not going to take any credit away from them. It could also be like, hey, we needed this guy gone. And, if, and, the, and the defense played well last week with Tack not being there. Yeah, but but, I mean, but that still doesn't mean release him. It could just be easily go sit at home, dude. And the other thing is now Tack can go to a different team. And, and he could either ball out on a different team or whatever team he goes to is going to get that compensation pick. At, and, at the end and, of the year. Yeah, I know what you're saying. It's just a fifth-round pick. Well, you know what? 
there are good players that go in the fifth round. Yeah, when you, I mean, when you need depth and when you need talent, like both of these teams do, especially when you need cheap talent, at least like the Falcons do. Especially you when you're up against the cap and you need... Yeah, you need cheap talent. My only thing about Tack being gone and the distraction being gone is the, the guy was barely on the field in the first place. And he wasn't good enough like an Antonio Brown, Olavion Bell, where he was a game changer and you had to plan for the guy. The guy was a bust, dude. I mean, like for a 17th overall pick, you would expect a lot more. He should technically, he should be the Deion Jones in terms of the locker room leader at this point. So I don't buy that, oh, him being gone is allow the defense to play better. I think Jeff Wilbrick deserves some credit, but I think the coaching staff, well, all right, dude, if this guy's talking shit, make him run sprints. Even if he's not playing, you got to ride his ass in practice to let him know, dude. Like, yeah. we see it, and you're on notice. No, no, I wasn't trying to take anything weird from the defense saying that Tack being gone made the defense to play better. But, like, Jeff Wilbrick calling a great game. Uh, defense played well. I mean, defense played well last yeah, week. Yeah, I don't think it has you. anything to do with Tack. The defense is playing well. Again, it's probably too little, too late. Um, I don't well, know. Yeah, go so for it. So the other thing is, it might be too little, too late for the Falcons, but the NFL is at, might actually be worried about missing games during COVID right now. Which we talked about last week with the eight games. Yeah, now. Eight teams yeah, in the playoffs. Eight teams in each. And Bears technically aren't out of the playoffs, Falcons aren't technically right. out of the playoffs. And so that's what I we mean, talked about last eight week. Seeds is. A, Listen, we're, we're going to see uh, an under 500 team from the NFC East make the playoffs. That, right. you know, we could see maybe an 8-8 eight eight team make the playoffs this year. And the Falcons are still on track to complete my 8-8 eight eight prediction. They got four games left in the NFC South, two against the Saints, two against the, the Bucks. And I they had, won I had, one I had game. the Bears going 9-7, and seven, and that looks very, very probable right now. So. Right. But it's crazy because 9-7 and seven you would take, but after starting 5-1, and one, absolutely not. Well, I had them 9-7 and seven missing the playoffs, but yeah. Right. Anyway, um, so... Speaking of our predictions... <laughs> yeah, you want to go there? Because I was just going to say, I was listening to a podcast with Tom Brady. I sent it to some of us over the weekend. But the point I'm at right now is they're talking about the last dance, and Tom Brady is watching the last dance, and... The guy, Dax Shepard, who is a famous actor, probably some of us know his work. I haven't finished this thought yet on the podcast where he's talking about how Michael Jordan made the shot against in, at North Carolina against Georgia to win the national championship. Now when he can make that shot and he can take that shot and make it at any point in his career. And that's what ended up happening because Michael Jordan. He's probably about to talk Tom Brady and saying like, dude, you can do it. You're clutch. You have the ball down in the game. You can win because you've done it before. You know you can. The Falcons and the Bears, you're going to find a way to fuck it up because that's what you do, right? I mean, that's, that's more or less that. Like, the brand is there. The Steelers are 8-0 for the first time in franchise history. I can't even believe it. But, shit, they might make it to the Super Bowl against the Falcons' next opponent, which is the Saints. That's so, what I'm going to say. Uh, well, speaking of the Steelers, uh, Steelers have had a COVID outbreak. Um, ben Roethlisberger is, as of now, not – is on the COVID list. If he has a bunch of negative tests before the game, he may play. But as of now, he is on the COVID list. So keep an eye out for that fantasy-wise. I might have a Falcons-COVID comparison later. I don't know. I don't know what it is anymore. So I don't have one anymore. But uh, predictions now? <laughs> you look at me like, what did you just say, bro? bro? Half the shit you say is a goddamn pandemic. All right. Uh, Minnesota at Chicago. All right. Speaking of pandemic, though. I don't, think the Fal- I don't think the NFL should have ever expanded to eight playoff teams in the first – or seven, whatever mm-hmm. it is now. I think six was perfect. And so maybe that's why this is all happening because – You think so? Yeah. 
because yeah. the first round seed and the second round seed so. both have the same amount of games to get to the championship. Okay. All right. So now, what is it? Uh, Minnesota and Chicago. Who's my Minnesota minus two and a half on Monday Night Football? Who you got, bro? Uh, I, I got I don't know the fuck you just said a minute ago, but uh, I got Minnesota winning 28-24. Okay. Now I got my Falcons cover comparison because I remembered. The Falcons have the hardest schedule remaining in the NFL. You got the Bucks twice. I mean, you got the Saints two out of the next three games. In between that, you have the Raiders. Then you have the Chargers, and then you have the Bucks twice to end the year. Two out of the last three games. And that third game that you're not playing the Bucs in December and January is the Kansas City Chiefs. So now we're about to find out how good Raheem Morris and Jeff Ulbrich and Matt Ryan and Julio Jones are in terms of was it the coach, is it the team, is it the system, is it the brand. Anyway, who do I got in the Bears? Wait, what? <laughs> Dude, you had, a whole, you had a whole Falcon segment to bring this up. Now we're in predictions, you're bringing this up? What? Just because of that, I'm changing my prediction. I got Minnesota winning 21-17 just because the Bears aren't going to get that many points. So 21-17, you can go now. <laughs> All right, I'll take, yeah, I'll take the Vikings 28-14. to 28-14, I got... 2117 Vikings. I think that's what I said. I don't know. Um, all right. What's the next? What's the next game we got? So we got uh, Bucks at. No. Oh no. yeah, yeah. No, the Falcons oh. are playing this week. Yeah, no, no Falcons game. So we got a rookie matchup. We got a rookie quarterback matchup. Justin Herbert versus Tua. Dude, how fucking good is Justin Herbert? And how bad is Anthony Lynn? Oh, dude, I can't wait for the Falcons Chargers game. Like, who's gonna blow that fucking game? <laughs> um, all right. So we got rookie quarterbacks. Chargers at Dolphins. I got. Tua Tagovailoa bringing Miami back to win the game 24-21. Okay. I'm going to take the Chargers because they're on the road. The, the Dolphins' defense has been sick in fantasy. You yeah. want some fantasy. You're not going to be able to get them, but they're really good right now. Um, I got the Chargers winning that game, and I'm going to take – I think it's going to be like a super exciting Hell yeah. blowout. Like, uh, you know what? This offense. might be the best game of next week, to be honest. There's no good fucking games next week. Yeah, I got to look at the schedule, but I'm, I'm excited for this one. I finally got some YouTube TV, YouTube TV access. Might be watching Red Zone finally nice. again. And so I'm going to take the Chargers 35-31. Okay. So originally the, I had the Bucks at Panthers – but I, I can I call an audible? Mm-hmm. So I don't know enough about this, but it's also Masters weekend, and I okay. forgot to put that on here. Oh yeah. So who you got in the Masters? Man, so I'm actually about to text my brother in a minute and be like, I don't like, think he's playing. Well, no, because he's in Vegas, right? Oh. Shout out to the Vegas ashtray we've been using tonight. I've been using hence Bears, Birds, and Brews. I don't know. We can maybe edit that yeah, out. How are you doing the ashtray? I don't know, but I'm gonna take. I actually wanted to pick Jason Day, man. Uh, Jason Day is who I think will win. I do who I want to see win. Give me Tiger. Give me Jordan Spieth. I don't know enough about just, golf. Uh, is Thomas. Bruce Kepka a golfer? Du- Brooks Kepka, yeah. I'll take Bruce Kepka. He's one of the major. Give me Dustin Thomas. Give me. Well, you can only pick one. Well, I'm just saying who I want to win. How could you want half the fucking people to win? Hey, man, it's golf. They're all individual players, bro. Yeah, but we are Is that how golf works? They're all individuals But we are at Bears, Birds, and Brews On Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat uh, Hashtag Bears, Birds, Brews Everywhere else that we're not uh, Definitely Yeah, go Monday Night Football We're, we're going to be watching It's going to be a double header Because Nabil's head is going to be watching the game My head is going to be watching the game Monday Night Football double header coming Can up. you not use my name and head in the same sentence ever again? 
But okay, now you're talking about the the the, the wrong. I was talking about your actual head, the one on your head. <laughs> the masters. <laughs> <laughs>